All but Monday Night Football Week 12 in the books. Let's recap what we saw over the weekend. A ton of great stuff with the Jaguars comeback victory. Trevor Lawrence looking really good out there. Did the Jets and maybe even the Packers find their quarterbacks? Tons of overtime. There were shutouts. There was just about everything in Week 12. Coming up right now. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. If you want to get involved in our mailbag episode, which will be Wednesday this week, back to our regular programming here. Hope everyone had a fantastic holiday. I had a great holiday eating a lot and watching a whole bunch of football. We'll get into those football games here on today's episode that is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. We got to start, Matt, with I think the what we called game of the week going in, and it was a hotly yeah. game, a tight one with the Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans. No points in the first quarter. Both teams put up a, a couple of scores, 10 points. It was 10-10 at the half, and it was the Bengals that were able to put another seven, and only the Titans able to put up a couple threes that made the difference in the second half, 20-16. to 16. The Bengals now at 7-4, and four, the hard-charging Bengals, by the way, in the AFC North, and the Tennessee Titans both at 7-4 after 12 weeks. I think this is a very telling game, and it lived up to the billing. I mean, it's a playoff rematch. Remember Burrow got sacked, what, nine times in that game or whatever last year? And a lot of angles here I want to dig into this one is, you know, going into Tennessee, a Vrabel coach team is a hard game. You know, just it just is now. I mean, the Titans are really physical in the line of scrimmage. You have to stop, you have to stop Henry to be in the game like this. And in their building, you know, this time of year, the Titans are just hard to play against. So they particularly talented? No, but they're hard to play against in a Belichickian fashion. I've been very hard on Taylor, the Bengals head coach, but I think he's developing very quickly. Um, you know, he was a young overmatched head coach for his first couple of years in the league, but you're allowed to get better. And I think he's gotten better. I think he has very good staffs. We know that Burrow came in the league as a very mature prospect and that showed immediately, but he is evolving at a unbelievably rapid pace. Like he doesn't take sacks anymore and his lines getting a little bit better. He doesn't put the ball in harm's way, but he doesn't sacrifice aggression. He had really bad numbers against too high, but now he's just checking it down and getting the ball where it needs to be, even without mixing, even without chase. And those guys are coming back on the horizon. T Higgins is a star. Boy, could Tennessee use a T Higgins, you know, like they have nothing, but I want to focus a little bit on the Bengals defense. I mean, everyone saw the the touchdown the Titans got Henry got loose, but it was a throw and Traylon Burks falls on it for his first career touchdown for whatever reason. You don't get any points in that for fantasy. I was a little upset about that, but such as oh, life. wow, <laughs> I'm like, he scored a touchdown, give him six points or whatever. I, oh man, yeah, I'm like, what's up with that? 
And, and I'm sitting here looking at the box score, and he is not credited with a touchdown. I don't know how that works, but whatever. Such is life. I didn't start him, but I was just He's credited with that. the with the fumble recovery, but it doesn't show up as a, a receiving a or a rushing touchdown or anything. Yeah, you're right. Right. So it's just a phantom touchdown, I guess, in the stat sheet. An anomaly. But anyway, Henry had that big play as a receiver. But this is the key of the game. 17 carries for 38 yards. Tennessee's not beating anyone that way. You know, I mean, and – I studied this Bengals team to no end last week and had a lot of stats of DJ Reader being a difference maker for them. Last week against the Steelers, he was kind of half himself. He was back in it. He was awesome in this game. You know, they have some, it's kind of a no-name defense, but Taylor Britt, um, Wilson, the linebacker, Pratt has come on like gangbusters. Guys like Von Bell and uh, Mike Hilton. But Reader to me is a star that no one talks about. Bengals are just really hard to play against. They're good in all facets. Sam Hubbard. Yeah. With a sack yeah. in that game. Yeah. Just sort of, you know, the names, but th- th- there's no, it's not a, a star studded cast on the defensive side of the ball at all. No, not at all. And I really think the Bengals are now in that Niner Cowboy Dolphin neighborhood. They just have a really hard schedule coming up. Yeah, and they're in that group of teams that you're probably not super excited to play right now, starting to play their best ball, which is the right time. You know, you get deep into November, into December now. That's when you want to be playing your best football. And it sure as heck looks like the Cincinnati Bengals are, and they're getting some reinforcements back as well on the offensive side of the ball. Um, And if their defense continues to play like it has, and look, Tennessee Titans isn't a powerhouse offense, but look, that's – you, you have to win multiple ways in the NFL, right? You have to yes, be able to beat a team that has Derrick Henry rolling out there. You have to beat a team that has Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes rolling out there, and, and they can chuck the ball on you, you know? So it's nice to see teams down the stretch prove they can win in, in different ways. They can put up enough points in games where they need to shoot out a little bit. They can win a grinder of a game like this one, and the Cincinnati Bengals are starting to prove that. Yep, and I think we said this last week, but I believe it even more now. I'm going to take the first two games of the season out. I mean, Burrow was a disaster opening day against the Steelers, throwing picks left and right. He had just come off an appendectomy, hadn't played football in like five weeks. But the first two weeks of the year were predictably very rough for Burrow. Since then, he's been the second best quarterback in the league besides Mahomes. I mean, he's better than Allen. He's better than Hertz. I mean, that's the level we're talking about here with Burrow this year. Cleveland Browns with a win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers still with a commanding lead in the NFC South at five and six. Overtime win for the Browns with Jacoby Brissett. And is that the last we see of Jacoby Brissett in a Cleveland Browns uniform, starting at quarterback at least, because the suspension is now officially over for Deshaun Watson? Yeah, I I think we definitely need to call out Brissett as having a very, very successful season. We know it's now Watson. After 700 days of rest, he goes to play the Texans, which looked a little scary back then, but Houston's not even an NFL team anymore, so they'll win that game. Um, great win for the Browns. Chubb, Cooper, um, Garrett, Brissett, you know, the, the guys that they're invested in, I thought all played extremely well. Njoku makes a tremendous catch. Tampa might be broken, though. Like, when this goes to overtime, I'm like, Brady versus Brissett? I'll take TB all day long in this one. Yeah. And no, I mean, that's not the way it went. It's like, it, how did it, you only have 17 points? They went down, I think, on their first drive, and it was a touchdown yeah. pass from Brady to I think Chris Godwin. Godwin, Godwin looks great. Yeah. And they were running the ball. Put up 17 bit. points. That's it. Yeah, yeah. They had a huge run from the rookie running back. White, from White the yeah. Uh, then stopped running the ball. Stopped being able to run the ball after that. 
the, the Bucks are a weird team right now because I keep expecting to see it even as much more so than the Packers, who we'll probably get to a little bit. We'll talk a little bit more about that throughout the week as well with what's going on with Jordan Love and, and Aaron Rodgers. But the, the Bucks, mm-hmm. I just keep waiting to see it. And it's, it's more and more seeming like they're not going to show us this year. I thought coming off the bye, they're going to finish the season strong. Maybe they're not a contender, but they're going to run away with the division, maybe win a playoff game. I don't feel that way at all. Um, I'm a Todd Bowles fan. I've mentioned many times he and I were on the Browns staff together that year. I was with the Browns. I don't think he's a head coach. And I didn't, I don't know the exact sequence, but the way he handled the clock at the end of this game was criminal. And I think his seat should be hot. I, I'd never, I, I, it's hard for me because I don't know how much, because Bruce Arians is still around and he's still in the building and he's still there and he's still walking around the sidelines. Yeah. You see him, right? How, how much different is it actually than last year mechanically just because he's still there? Uh, does he need Bruce Arians gone to be the true, true head coach? Is that maybe hampering things? Um, but Jets fans would probably tell you he's not a head coach either. Yeah. It's, it's you starting know, to look more and more like a coordinator. And look, talent wise, you look at the Bucks where they're at and some of these other teams. And I, I said they have a commanding lead. They have a half game lead on the five and seven Atlanta Falcons. I mean, this division is ridiculous. That's amazing. Right now. That's amazing. <laughs> Everybody's in the negative and point differential now, that, uh, including Tampa Bay, who's minus three on the season. And they're still going to make the playoffs. So I don't know if you're going to fire a playoff coach in his first year with the team, but um, there, there are a lot of coaches in the league that just are better coordinators than they are head coaches. Mm-hmm. And maybe mm-hmm. he's one of those. And he, he's got a really good shot to prove he's not that. Um, and still some time down the stretch. And you got the all-time greatest quarterback and a lot of talent on that team. You would think they'd be playing at a lot better level right now. No, I, me too. I just think that there's I'm, – I'm kind of done with excuses. Oh, Brady doesn't have his left guard or whatever. Like, I, I get it. But it's they should be better than this. Defense played well, but this is a disappointing team. Speaking of done with excuses, I think the Packers are in the same boat. And now Aaron Rodgers, did he take the last snap as quarterback of the Green Bay Packers Sunday night? We'll get to that next couple of overtime games. Uh, Another overtime game, uh, 49ers shut out and and really changing the NFC West playoff picture with a loss to the Seahawks or the Seahawks loss in overtime to the Las Vegas Raiders. All that and more coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you are going to love. Find Block Forever now, wherever you get your podcast. Block Forever is a brand new podcast from former NFL All-Pro Ryan Khalil and Audible. Uh, the former offensive lineman Khalil takes the conversation about football to the next level, gives football fans an insider's look at the game through the eyes of the greatest players and personalities of all time. Khalil sits down with star players, coaches, Uh, former pros across the league to get real about what happens on the field and behind the scenes inside the locker room during team meetings, all that good stuff. Uh, And even back at the hotel, which is probably where some of the best stories are going to come from. New episodes of block forever will be recorded and released every week ahead of Thursday night football available for free on audible or wherever you get your podcasts, catch the full block forever series available anywhere you get your podcast available everywhere starting right now audible get in the game thanks again everybody for making peacock and williamson your first listen today for your second listen today check out locked on sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only locked on can provide locked on sports today it's available on this app youtube and wherever you get your podcasts 
let's go to the Sunday nighter. And I don't think people yeah. are surprised at this point that it was the Philadelphia Eagles that were able to upend the Green Bay Packers. It was a high scoring affair, 40 to 33. Jalen Hurts is just like, look, MVP. Like, I'm the MVP right now, is what he's trying to say. 157 yards on the ground to go with 153 and a couple touchdowns through the year. Uh, whatever you need Jalen Hurts to do, he's able to do it. Uh, I, I just really love the leadership he's providing. I love how complete the Eagles team is right now. They've addressed so many needs on this team. They'll get Jordan Davis back. That'll help that interior. They already brought in Sue and then, you know, some players there. So really I, I don't see a ton of weaknesses with the Eagles, but all of the weaknesses on the Packers just continue to show Aaron Rodgers already with the bad thumb. And then he has the ribs and he walks off the field, <coughs> Matt late in this game and Jordan yeah. Love comes in. And looks pretty good. Like this is Jordan Love's had plenty of time now to incubate and and practice and be ready to play NFL football. You know he has the height, weight, speed, arm. You know he can sling it, and it's, it's sometimes easy to forget because you don't see him. He's like, oh yeah, he's got the great arm. That's why they drafted him in the first round, right? He's got all the ability. Comes out, boom, right away. You see the young connection of Love to Watson, who runs away from the Eagles defense and scores a touchdown. And actually, that game was was closer than it felt at the end, but. Did we see the last of Aaron Rodgers as quarterback of the Green Bay Packers? This is a four and eight team now that is not mathematically eliminated, but they're pretty much out of it, right? Yeah. So the Green Bay Packers, is it now the Jordan Love era? I don't know that answer, and I'm not sure which way I would lean. A lot of that depends on Rodgers' ego and Rodgers' body right now. You know, I mean, unfortunately, that matters in this situation sort of has some Stafford-like feel to it, too. Like, it, it just seems inevitable that you might as well not play the star right now that's fighting a bunch of injuries. A mm. couple positives we'll start with with the Packers because they're not easy to find. They ran the ball pretty well. Aaron Jones is as good as ever. Christian Watson looks less fluky every day and looks like a real weapon. And you mentioned Love. You know, I mean, he looked phenomenal. And I, I guess they quoted Rodgers on the broadcast last night about, well, boy, Jordan's really been working on his mechanics and his fundamentals. Those were lacking coming out of school. And that showed very comfortable, calm feet. You know, his delivery, his accuracy, excellent. I had big questions about those things, what seems like 100 years ago, but as a prospect. So that's very interesting. I, I want to see more and more Jordan Love as a fan. You let up 363 yards on the ground, though. I mean, with a defense that is all first-round picks. You know, I mean, this is criminal to me. I mean, I understand that the Eagles run the ball extremely well. And wow, is their O-line great and dominated this game. But you gave up 363 on the ground and like 100 to Hertz. It's running through huge holes in the first quarter. I know this was a seven-point game, but it felt like the Packers had no chance at all felt the same way yeah, yeah. It, it, with with that run defense too you you mentioned it, that, that defense like that that's the first guy who's going to go as a defensive coordinator um has to because you can't that can't happen and okay the eagles are a good running team well they had their best running game against your defense which was supposed to be one of the best defenses in the league so you know that's that's the unfortunate side of things. That's why this season's not going to go in a good direction. Aaron Rodgers needs to be healthy if you're going to plug him back in. You've got to see. We talked about it last week, actually, about how Jordan Love has to play this year. We thought it would be maybe you know the last two games of the year. But now you have this opportunity. Jordan Love comes in. If he plays good, you can't pull him back out. If he plays bad, what's the point of bringing Aaron Rodgers in when you're out of it anyway? Get him healthy for next year. So to me, 
how good Jordan Love plays down the stretch is how likely it is Aaron Rodgers is the starting quarterback next year for the mm-hmm. Green Bay Packers. And, you know, if Rodgers wants to still play, maybe that's going to have to start to be for another franchise, especially what we saw in the past with Rodgers. And he seemed kind of wishy-washy on whether he wanted to be there. They did sign the new deal, but it looks like post-June 1st, there are some possibilities to make this happen in the offseason if they want with Aaron Rodgers and move him on. I, I just, more than ever, seeing how the team has played, seeing Rodgers, um, you know, just his demeanor, and his body language, I feel like it's done there. I don't know if Rodgers is done done as an NFL quarterback, but I think it really I is. It's the Jordan Love era now. It could be. Real quick, back to the Packer defense. I just wanted to double-check these facts. Since 2012, every one of their first-round picks has been on defense except for Jordan Love. Like, that's not okay. <laughs> No, I mean, it's not okay. It's, it's not, not okay. No, not at all. Uh, you know what is pretty okay, Matt? How about Trevor Lawrence having the yeah, best like his young career, making the plays as needed, 18 fourth quarter points to bring those Jacksonville Jaguars back to defeat a good team in the Baltimore Ravens. The Jaguars are four and seven, aren't really going anywhere this year, but this is exactly what you want to see if you are uh, a coach in management, a fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars, see that number one overall pick start to look like the generational guy that you thought he was supposed to be coming out of the draft and going and beating a good football team in the AFC and the now seven and four Ravens who are tied with the Cincinnati Bengals atop the AFC North. 321 yards passing, three touchdowns, zero interceptions for Trevor Lawrence. Travis ATN gets hurt early on too. I mean, and that's a good Ravens defense. It throws a lot at you. He got better and better as the game went on. It was a dominant player in the fourth quarter. And I know people don't want to hear his sporting cast, all that. Like last year was criminal what happened to Lawrence. We all know that. And it's much better now. But still, he's getting the ball to James Hasty and Zay Jones and Jamal Agnew, <laughs> you know, like th- that's the supporting Hastings. cast, right? Yeah, whatever his name is. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The, yeah, that's kind of the point, you know? That's kind of the point, right? Well, you know his name, yeah. right? Uh, I know right. his name because he's a former 49er. Uh, <laughs> right. he's, a, he's a nice player, but. Sure, he's okay. Supporting cast. Yeah, Zay Jones is the leader receiver, off. you know? Right. And I'm just sitting there going, he's going to have Calvin Ridley next year and maybe a first-round receiver. Like, look out. Uh, this could be something. Um, Ravens, they have a good D. But they lose they they lose a lot of games late. You know, that's just like their fifth or sixth game that they had a pretty substantial lead that they lost. And the offense is a disaster. I mean, it's all Lamar. And I bet if you watch the all 22, Andrews gets doubled every play. And you know, we were just talking about the weapons around uh, Lawrence. I mean, it's like Deshaun Jackson, Demarcus Robinson, and let's throw the ball to Patrick Ricard. You know, like What's going on here? I mean, this is bad. The offense is really bad. Yeah, the offense has gone to a place that just seems, um, I don't know, it's a lot of moving parts and and not a lot of results almost. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It looks like a... It looks like a bad pickup basketball game at times when I'm watching them on offense. Very much. And it's like the bad pickup basketball team is, we got one good dude, let's just get it to him. And if he doesn't, if, if Lamar's not Superman... Yeah, so be it. If you know, he's like, missing his shots, you don't win. Right. Yeah, then you lose. Right. Mm-hmm. The overtime game here, this is an interesting one to me with the Raiders. And, and first of all, it's a fascinating game just because the way it ended with an 86 yarder by Josh Jacobs after well, they had already well. missed a field goal in overtime. Um, 
to win this game for the Raiders, who are now, I feel like every team in the NFL is four and seven or seven, four right now. Um, the Raiders are now four and seven, 40 to 34 win over the Seahawks. The Seahawks went into their bye week a couple weeks ago. And on tomorrow's show, we're going to get way more into what's going on with the standings and all the divisions, but the Seahawks, we're in first place by themselves going into a bye week. And now just two weeks later, they're not even the seventh seed in the playoffs. The season ended today at six and five. Washington leapfrogs them. Niners are in first place after a shutout win in the West. Um, I don't know how to feel about either one of these teams, except for not super confident, but a really enjoyable way to watch this game end. Yeah. I mean, I think Seattle's gradually coming back to earth as a fringe playoff team you know, outkick their coverage a little bit early in the season, young, good story, well coached, all those things. Fine. Maybe, the, maybe next year is going to be really promising for them as Denver keeps losing and they end up with another high pick plus their own. Um, I mentioned Bowles being a coordinator, not coach. I had a, a list of four or five of those guys a couple of weeks ago, including McDaniels. That might've been a little too harsh. I, I mean, the Raiders, I think deserves some credit. They're probably not going anywhere this year, but they just put 40 points up without Waller or wet Renfro. You know, I mean, like they're coming around and they lost so many close games to start the season. And if you look at their roster with the exception of maybe five or six guys, it's bottom five or six. I mean, they haven't hit on a first round pick in a hundred years, you know, right. so <laughs> <laughs> it's now like kind of making good too. Right. Um, it, by the way, so, with that 86 yarder, two touchdowns, he ended up with 229 yards on the ground, 33 carries. How's that for workhorse? How about that? But then also led the team in receiving six catches for 74 more yards. Dude had 300 total yards. It's amazing. He's a, a league winner in fantasy. He's a free agent after this year. I think you have to franchise him. I mean, he's like the entire offense outside of Adams. And you probably won't like it, but I mean, you know, extending them's bad business. Here's a one note though about McDaniels. I think we have to give him credit for As you mentioned, he has six catches. He's got a bunch of catches on the year coming into this year. He had one career catch on a third down. Like I never understood why no, they was ne he was never throwing the ball at the NFL level. Cause he was a really good receiver at Bama. We got to move on to some other yeah, games yeah. next. We've got a shutout by the 49ers defense, which is quietly becoming the best defense in the league mm -hmm. down the stretch at the perfect time. And the best, we've talked about some good quarterbacks. How about the best quarterback in week 12 next? Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Maybe you're having that hangover on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. There's no NFL football, right? But guess what? There is a daily fantasy with prize picks. Prize picks is super easy. You can make entries in less than 60 seconds. You are not putting together entire fantasy teams. You're not competing against other people. You're just finding projections available at prize picks on the app or at prizepicks.com. You pick two to five players. If they score more or less than those prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money. On that entry, Price Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including, of course, tons of projections on the NFL, NBA, PGA, uh, college football, college basketball, women's hoops. You've got Euro basketball on there, um, NASCAR, MMA, boxing, disc golf, cricket, tennis, you name it, you can find it, esports as well, at Price Picks. So download the Price Picks app or go to PricePicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for 
an instant deposit match up to $100. So mention the Seahawks now that if the season ended today, which it does not, would not even be the seventh seed after leading the NFC West going into their bye week just a short time ago, less than two calendar weeks ago. And the 49ers now are in a commanding lead of the NFC West after a shutout performance at home against the Saints, 13 to nothing. The story here is that 49ers defense because they have now put up six straight shutout quarters, Matt. Four straight games, not allowing their opponent opponent to score at all in the second half. 57 to nothing in second halves for the last four weeks. But what happened before those four weeks? Well, they kind of got blown out by the Chiefs who went up big on them. So the Niners have played the Saints, the Rams, the Cardinals, uh, the really banged up Chargers. So looking really good right now. But the question is, how will that defense look if they get another chance at the Chiefs, say, in the playoffs or, uh, you know, the Eagles or the Cowboys or some of these other good teams in the NFL? I think the 49ers are a scary team and the defense is playing at a high level. But I just still want to see one more against a, a really good opponent that's putting up points on offense. I can understand that. I mean, you're greedy. You know, you're, you're trying to win this whole thing as a Niners guy. I get that. But uh, again, I, I mentioned the Bengals tier with like Dallas and Miami. San Francisco's absolutely right in there and knocking on the door of best team in the NFC. Um, kind of like the Eagles game. I felt like the Niners were never really threatened in this one. I mean, the defense is so aggressive and this felt like the Saints had nothing going on offense that they could really hang their hat on. I, I Maybe I'm wrong about this. You watched every snap. I didn't, you know, that the offense didn't have to take a lot of chances, had this game in tow, and then Mitchell went out, and the offense was fine, but you, you didn't win a lot of fantasy games with Niners or anything in this one. But right. it, it seemed like a business trip. Yeah, I said at some point in the first half, it was like the first team to four is going to win when it was three nothing. <laughs> yeah. Defense was playing pretty well too. Yeah, and the Niners right before the end of the half scored and made it ten nothing. It was like, well, okay, that game's over. That's and enough. Yeah. They kicked another field goal in the second half, and that was it. No more scoring. Yeah. So um, that's the big story there. Niners in, in a commanding spot now, in control of their destiny. You know, have a lot of tiebreakers with wins over NFC opponents and and division opponents, especially there. So looking good for the 49ers to take mm-hmm. home the West this year uh, after this week with a big Seahawks loss. Absolutely. And you, you vaguely mentioned the chiefs. That was another game to me. That was just one team's noticeably better business trip, roll that ball out there. You win it, you know, almost every time was never yeah. real threatening. You know, I mean, better uh, team, home team, don't yeah. screw it up and lose the game and, and go win and get ready for next week. That was, yep. that was the vibe with that chiefs Rams game. Absolutely. The Rams are a disaster. How about the jets and Mike white? How good yeah. is Mike white? Because, that Jets team starts to look pretty scary with all the weapons they have. And Garrett Wilson with a couple of touchdowns in this one. And Mike White going 315 yards on only 28 attempts. He was 22 of 28 efficiency, making big plays, three touchdown passes as uh, the Jets roll over the Bears 31 to 10, who are starting their own quarterback. We didn't get to see Justin Fields against Zach Wilson. But what we got was maybe better quarterback play with Mike White, especially uh, versus Trevor Simeon there. What do you think with the Jets and Mike White? I'm intrigued. I don't want to overreact. I mean, we definitely, and plus we saw some really good moments from White last year. Um, I think he unlocked what a star Garrett Wilson is truly. And to a lesser degree, Elijah Moore and Conklin and, you know, they got guys. Um, He was phenomenal. I mean, his processing, his accuracy, his command, they ran the ball well. 
But I mentioned the Bears have the second overall pick right now. I mean, without Fields, they're almost Texan-like in terms of what they're trotting out there. I mean, that defense is awful. And and they traded away two impact starters at the deadline on defense. And they've got injuries besides. And then I think it was um, Jackson, uh, the safety Jackson that went down. And once he went down, he might have had like a couple or maybe even no kind of starters left on defense they're in a bad place on that side of the ball so yeah and look mike white was a good story last year remember he had like a really good game just like this mm-hmm. and he ended up throwing more interceptions and touchdowns last year i, I went to back to look at the stats so people are like hey next tom brady here right fifth round pick or whatever mike white was I was like wait did he, what, did he play that well last year look way back and look at the stats you know 66 percent five touchdowns to eight interceptions L- let's see some more of mike white but it was a nice oh, yeah. showing and he at least earned the opportunity to keep Zach Wilson on the bench with that performance. I mean, there's no way you can Clearly. go away from Mike White now. Clearly. And I assume you run it out the rest of the year and figure things out from there. But I just pulled up the the box score. I mean, these were the tackle leaders for Chicago's defense. Someone named Sanborn, Houston, Carson, Morrow, Hicks, you know, like Pennell, yeah. you know, I mean, like those, I mean, they're the, the bears are doomed. I mean, uh, they're going to pick very high in the draft and I wouldn't rush fields back, but clearly he's a difference maker for them. So uh, we're not gonna be able to get to all the games mm-hmm. in depth here, but the dolphins did knock off the Texans 30, 15, which was, you Destroyed know, them. an eventuality there and sat everybody in the second half. But the commanders is a big one because the commanders now at seven and five are in a really good spot. They've got at least a, a full game, if not two games lead, I think. Oh, yeah, one full game over the Seahawks and then two full games over anybody else in the NFC for that last playoff wildcard spot. All NFC East teams looking good uh, for a playoff spot right now. Commanders at 7-5 and five beat the Falcons 19-13. Yeah, again, good coaching, adequate quarter, quarterback play, kind of like the Jets. You know, you have some weapons, but you have a dominant defensive front. You outrushed a team that all they can do is run the ball, you know, and that Atlanta is pretty helpless if they can't run the ball better than their opponent. A whole lot more on those playoff seedings, what the draft order looks like. Where are these teams now after 12 weeks on tomorrow's episode? And of course, get those mailbag questions in for us this week here on Peacock and Williamson. Talk to you then.